Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest episode of the 413 podcast featuring the PCB boys and a special guest tonight. Andy's dog Gandalf is with us. Say hello, everyone. Hello. Hey. Gonna be an interesting list. Gandalf, you are correct because tonight we're talking about a topic that um, I feel like we could probably go on for for hours, but we've tried to narrow it down a little bit. Um, we don't quite have a specific ranking by any means, but tonight we're going to be talking about our favorite movie soundtracks. Um, you know, what are those soundtracks that just really, you know, maybe you bought the album and listened to it all the time and never even saw the movie? That's happened. Not to me, but it's happened. Or maybe a soundtrack that just really sort of takes the movie into the next level, really adds to a scene, adds to a specific dynamic. Um, a lot of different ways that you know the music can kind of carry the movie or vice versa. So um, we want to get a little discussion going on about that. Um, first, I guess we uh, talked about this last week, so we're just going to dive into some of our uh, bevies of the evening. Um, what are we sipping on tonight, Bill? Tonight I got a Harpoon Big League. It's uh Oh. Yeah. It's, it's Did you have to get New called England up style. to drink that? Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, New England style IPA. Nice and hazy. It is a delicious beverage. Um, by the time I get to my final soundtrack, it might be slurring more than usual. So... Very good. Uh, Jared, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, it's called Beyond Beyond. Uh, what was it? Pipeworks. It's a spot out of Chicago. Second Strong City. Nice. All right, we got a theme going on here. Um, tonight, I'm representing Massachusetts all the way. We've got... Um, all the way from Salem, uh, far from the tree. Um, this is the Nova cider. It's a, we'll call it an off dry hop cider. My favorite cider of choice. So this is with me all the time. Um, we've got some beautiful notes of grapefruit, passion fruit, and pine. Um, that all, um, are a wonderful palate lifter. And, um, I can't wait to crack this bad boy open. Andy, what do you got? I got PBR again. I still have, uh, a lot of this 12-pack left, so I'll be drinking PBR for this foreseeable podcast. <laughs> Cheers, gentlemen. Couldn't just buy Cheers. a Lucy. Do they sell loose ones? You can buy singles most of the time. You can totally buy singles, Andy. <laughs> Who's going to have 32 ounces of Twisted Tea? He's <laughs> Hampton's finest. That indeed. Actually, no, East Hampton's finest is uh, probably the nips of Fireball um, because they pretty much are the stones in the road. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. They, I think they paved uh, Cottage Street with us. Yeah, they, they're everywhere. They were <laughs> super popular for a minute. Yeah, they're an environmental disaster. I mean, soon they're going to get sued for all the, the nip bottles that are everywhere. Aren't we all? Yeah, terrible thing. Um, but all right, well, we got we got some uh, cinematic adventures to go on. So um, I don't know. I guess, um, Bill, you look very anxious to start. 
I can tell you got the notebook ready. You want to go right into this. So Bill, you give us um, one of your favorite soundtracks here. I, that's a great lead in for something that's going to be very underwhelming to most of the listeners and probably a bunch of y'all. And there was a movie. Uh, I was a junior in high school and this uh, film really spoke to me. Um, not only did it have a really great cast, funny, funny movie, but when you add in the soundtrack and the artist in a scene, it just made everything so much better. I'm going with 1999's American Pie. Oh, oh my <laughs> Mutt, during the... Uh, Jim and Nadia's scene when uh, when he exits the room and he starts running. <laughs> you get Mutt playing. I, I got my favorite things all together. <laughs> awesome <go>. comedy. <laughs> and some pop one jams. I haven't seen that in a long time. Uh, but there was, there was a lot. There was also Goldfinger on the soundtrack. Um, Ooh, it's banger. Harvey Danger, uh, flagpole sitter. I, oh, I was really on enjoyed album? them. Oh, cause that was also that, on, uh, that was on, um, uh, disturbing behavior. Yes. Yes, Ew. it was. Yeah. That was like the big score for that movie. A lot of these songs. And it, it, there, there was two movies. That it was, I was down for, for, uh, Blink-182 because also, um, American Pie I mean, too. damn it was pretty much in everything. <laughs> but I was gonna say <laughs> American Wedding. What? I uh, also, uh, but in American Pie, you also have Celebrity Skin by a uh, whole. Um, uh, at last, by Ida James, like Mrs. Robinson, <laughs> Simon and Garfunkel. Like it was <laughs> a lot of, you know. Classic songs plus, you know, just juvenile pop punk stuff that I I love all of it together. Yeah, yeah, it almost seemed, mix sometimes. It seemed Absolutely. like they were they were taking the the scenes and they were creating like walk up tracks for them in a sense. Like it was sort That's of a like great way to put it. There's a, rom- a romance scene here. All right, what do we got? Boom, you know, this is a party yeah. scene. What do we got? You know, so like one hundred percent. And it, what's what's kind of funny is I feel like pop punk culture changed around that time, like in terms of like what 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 the pop punk crowd dressed like, and like so like I wonder how much of that was influenced by this movie featuring pop punk and being such a big like broad stroke of of cinema that everybody could go watch and like did it did that create a lot more. Um, you know, fans of these bands because of being on the soundtrack. For sure. A lot of fun music and a part of, uh, yeah, a part of this bigger scene and everybody can kind of relate and everybody can laugh with. Um, it, it, it was just great. Just that meta hearing blink and then seeing blink on the screen was just, I was, I was rolling. I was rolling. The monkey it was, was amazing. It was an amazing movie. I mean, uh, me and Kaylin watched it like two months ago, and we laughed, <laughs> and laughed, and laughed. No, because she was like, "You remember American Pie?" And I was like, "Of course I remember American Pie." We watched it; and it was just as funny. 
it still holds up. And like the soundtrack holds up. Like there were a bunch of movies that came out back then. I'm not going to say them just in case they're on people's list that did that with pop punk. And they were high school movies. They added these pop punk songs. Like Wick said, it was like, they were like, Hey, we have this scene. How do we elevate it with the music, you know, with these kind of bands that aren't around, you know, and, and it was just phenomenal. It was just a phenomenal movie from start to finish. It was absolutely hilarious with a great cast too. I am really surprised that this is getting such a positive response from y'all. I really thought I really thought I was going to get eviscerated for this pick. What? I know. I, I like really thought I was like, like <laughs> I was talking to Jen. And I was like, I don't know. I think that I think the lads are going to fucking hate this <laughs> this, uh, this yeah. soundtrack, but. Especially that was my lead off too. So, no, Just honestly, wait. it's a it's a really good soundtrack, and um, it fits well with the movie. It, it like it's a, it's a very like time period kind of thing, you know. Like it it takes you back, you know. Like it, again, I don't I, like Andy said. Like I, there's a bunch of movies that kind of did a very similar thing around the same time that that featured like some pop punk band that really blew up or something during that time and became really popular. So. I won't mention them now, but if we have some time for the discussion later, um, there's a couple other, you know, bands that are that really kind of took off from being in, on movie soundtracks. Yeah. Well, I think that was a great choice. Um, if it's all right with you all, I'd like to go next. For sure. Yeah, sure. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of rotate things around a little bit here. So. When we came up this list, you know, I I the, I just wanted to go with my gut at first. Like, all right, what are the first three that I think of? And um, this one came up as um, not necessarily number one, but uh, it was one of the first ones I thought of. And reason being is that number one, um, back in like the mid '90s, you know, I'm probably nine or ten years old, and there came a point where it was kind of funny, maybe in an ironic way, to like disco. And so, like, um, there was also a little thing around the time called um, Columbia House. And so you could get <laughs> 11 CDs for a penny. <laughs> and God. just so happened, that was my budget for music back then. So I was able to secure 11 uh, tasty cuts. Um, and this is one that I ordered because I was like, well, this is like a disco album i think and i listened to it and i loved it i fell in love with it and to this day um i have it on vinyl as well um i'll randomly throw it on i don't think the movie was like a brilliant movie by any means i thought it was a good movie it had some parts it was pretty dark in some ways and it featured um uh, john travolta who um just a little fun fact was born in the same hospital as I was. Englewood oh, shit. What, no what hospital? Uh, Englewood, New Jersey. That's incredible. Yep. Uh, so anyway, uh, Saturday Night Fever um, is my first choice here. And there's these really great disco tracks on there. Um, Night Fever, Staying Alive is sort of the opening track, which is, you know, a hugely popular song for the Bee Gees. Um, it's mostly a Bee Gees album. Um, they wrote most of the songs on there, More Than a Woman. Um, and then Wait, I think, More Than a Woman was on there? Yep. 
I I saw the movie, but and this was a long time ago. And that's a great track. Um, interestingly enough, it's actually there's two versions of More Than a Woman on the on the soundtrack. One by the BGS and one by I can't think of the other guy's name, but there's another version of it on the same soundtrack, a little bit different, like a little bit more soulful, maybe. Um, oh, cool. But in general, like it's a really cool soundtrack, and then um, there's a couple like compositions on there that are that are really good. But I think that the song that kind of like really um, jumps out at me there's there's two really, but the one that I think is just a beautiful, beautifully written song with like really nice chord structure and just has like a lot of, um, you know, it it really fits well in the movie, which is how deep is your love. Um, a little bit more on the uh, ballad side, but um, I think it just it it takes the movie. You you know it for sure. Um, Did Goldfinger cover that? Great song. <laughs> Was Goldfinger around during that time? Were they on that soundtrack? They, 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 <laughs> they were not. That's, that's Maybe the Clash or the Ramones. Yeah. Um. So anyway, yeah, that, that's my first choice. Um, I'm going chronologically as well. So that was 1977 that that came out. Um, and like I said, um, to me, even though, you know, there's some, there's a, a inherently sort of cheesy factor to uh, disco in general, um, I think the album has a good groove to it. And, um, you know, it might be one of those that you want to listen to with the windows rolled up in your car. But um a uh, very cool album, and uh, again, I thought it was a really, uh, good movie as well. So they fit perfectly together because it's a movie about dancing, and what better way to emphasize that than have really good dance music on there? I mean, it's iconic too. Like that that movie, that soundtrack, like is the epitome of the disco era. Like when you think of a disco dancing, you think of John Travolta <laughs> dancing. And dis- uh, and and uh, you also, when you think of some of the songs, "Staying Alive" like is the first disco song I think of, and it's from the movie. And even though it's been a long time since I saw the movie, it's so iconic that it that's what snaps into my head, and it's a banger of a song. Well, I mean, one misstep on that in in picking um, the songs for that movie would have made it flop. You know, like that would be so dependent on the way you feel and the songs that you hear. That one misstep would have been like, oh, God, really? You picked that? So, I mean, I would assume, I don't know, but they must have spent like countless hours just pouring over music and like having to make a tough decision on where each song was going to go. I mean, not really. I'll be honest with you because they had the Bee Gees. They just said, you guys. No one can do it better. Here you go. Write a soundtrack. Absolutely. Everything you touch is If they cool. picked somebody else besides the Bee Gees, they would have been screwed. That's very true. Yeah. I do not disagree with that whatsoever. All right, Jared, what do you got? Uh, I'm going to start off with a soundtrack from Once, I guess. Or Glenn oh, yeah. Right, I'll start with that one. Um... One Irish dude and his acoustic guitar. Nice. I actually well, like. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. I, was gonna say, I like the choice because that is one of those movies that the soundtrack is sort of built on 
the characters coming together in the movie to create the soundtrack. And I think the the scene where um I don't know their names, but um the main dude and the and the girl who wants her vacuum fixed when they get together in the music store and they play that that first track uh what falling yeah and they start playing it together oh, and they're silly. like they're sort of like writing it together or he wrote it but she's playing along and harmonizing with them that that fucking scene gave me goosebumps like that is such a beautiful scene um it's like super romantic in a way and yeah i i love i i want to listen to the actual soundtrack itself i feel like i've only really listened to the songs in the movie but they do so well in the movie. They do. There's most of the songs in the movie are on the soundtrack. And then there's a couple that are more like Irish jiggy, which aren't off the I album mean, getting jiggy with it. Yeah. <laughs> a little strange, but all yeah, the stuff with, with, with that acoustic right opening is killer. Where he's like screaming in the street. Yeah, <laughs> it really is. It's great. It's so good. Also, my jam. I I love that. Like, um, sets it you up know, pretty well. Guy with his guitar, uh, screaming his heart out, kind of thing. Like, I love that style. So that movie does really well with that. But then, again, for him to like sort of, and I love all movies that do this. And there's a bunch that do it. But like, just writing songs throughout the movie and playing them. And the actors are the ones actually participating in the soundtrack. Like, I don't think you can get much better than that. Yeah. But they're still touring on it. But 15 years later. Yeah. What, so is there like a track on there that really stands out? Like, what's your favorite track on there? Just that opening one, that first. What's acoustic. it called? I think that one, it's not once. Maybe it is. Yeah. Let me take a look real quick. Yeah, well, like, we can don't. circle back. Yeah. We'll circle back. Oh, I'll get back yeah, to you on that one, then. Andy's running around his house like a maniac, trying to get back <laughs> to his seat so he can go for his first He's been choice. showcasing all of his animals. I can't help it. The cat is chasing a fly. The kids are next. And then the dog's chasing the cat, so I'm trying to keep them separated before they cause a fight and make a huge noise on the podcast. That's fair. Are you going to pick the offspring? <laughs> oh, say it to me now, quick. Oh, yeah, there That's it is. That's the actual yep. name of it. Love it. All right, Andy, what you got? So I'm going to go with one of me, me and Bill's, one of our favorite movies of all time. I'm going to go with the first Pirates of the Caribbean because it's a great movie, but that soundtrack makes it too. Like, just the instrumental soundtrack that they use throughout all of the movies that they have. Like you just, you picture the final fight between Jack and Barbosa and how like that whole instrumental, like just going up the stairs and down the stairs just makes that whole movie just absolutely amazing. Absolutely. Great pick Andy. And probably the most memorable thing for me because uh, we watched that movie countless times, right? That summer, we would, we were just there at the mall watching that movie. Did you guys actually um, count it for us? How many times you saw it? Jesus, I don't think I did. <laughs> it was, it was a lot. 
It was a, a lot, lot together. <laughs> it was. It was like. So is it just? It's just it? like it's just like film scores kind of thing. Like it's more compositions. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like oh, they but, hired obviously the conductor and the orchestra, and they came up with the music for the movie. Big theatrical mood busters. Yeah. The underwater march that was the one that I always remember. Like I That's thought crazy. that was the coolest. Like it just got the mood to be like, oh man, this is so ominous, yeah. and like some shit is going down. <laughs> I my favorite song in that soundtrack was Under the Sea, I have to say. <laughs> hey, spoilers. We might be hearing something like that. So, no, no, we're not. Just. But Sebastian was the man. I mean, I did like to listen to hot crustacean bands if I could help that. I can't say that I don't know the soundtrack, so I guess it's like I really uh Sort well, of, do you uh, like any of the John Williams stuff? Because it's going to be kind of in line just with all in that sense. John, exactly. is he a, John Williams, he's a tennis player. The How have you never seen Jurassic Pirates of the Caribbean? Andy, I've never seen Lord of the Rings. I've never seen any of the Harry Potter movies. I've never seen Pirates of the Caribbean. I've Andy, got a lot how of are you Eric Prince? All the only shit that I did. I know how. How have you <laughs> been born without seeing any of these movies? I was too busy having sex during all of these movies. Oh, that's it. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> all right, I'm we just know that is a lie. <laughs> we know that it's a old face lie. I never bought you condoms when these movies came out. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Actually, fair. wait. I don't know. During uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, that might have been the same time frame. <laughs> I don't oh, know, you know what? Actually, that might- <laughs> Sorry for that one. So Eric's going. Eric's beating girls, and we're yeah. watching Pirates of the Caribbean. Andy likes one score. I like scoring. It's different, you know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right. Um, Bill, why don't you uh, take us to the next round? All right. Speaking of scoring, the circle of life, nineteen ninety four is. Lion King. Oh man. Oh man. Whoa. Ellen John. All right. I got all the jams on this. (laughs) All right. Can I ask you a question though? Sure. Did Jonathan Taylor Thomas really sing on this as Simba? Uh, Ooh. In my research, I did not see him actually uh, credited. Okay. uh, for any of the songs. I don't think uh, he did. I think that was back when Disney would really just hire professional singers to do it. Yeah. But wasn't he, he part of the Mickey Mouse much money. Yo, was he in the Mickey Mouse Club? I don't think so. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. So, uh, But anyways, besides Circle of Life, we also have uh, I Just Can't Wait to Be King. Yep. Dope Jam. Um, uh, can you feel the love tonight? Akuma Matata. Who can be sad during that? Oh, I actually God. hate that song, though. That's my Wait, least favorite what? song. I, if I had a rank Lion King songs, that's on the bottom. Whoa. Okay. So as a kid with like high anxiety, I was always like, all right, all right. If I just sing the song, everything's going to be okay. It didn't work out that way, but <laughs> the song is great. Also, the score is really good, too. Um, like, uh, there's like this part where you know they're, they're talking about you know like um, Simba someday is gonna grow up 
and uh, well, it's called Kings of the Past. And uh, there's a, a line of, um, uh, the kings will always be, uh, look at the stars, and the kings will always be there to guide you. And I will too. So, and as the movie Damn, goes on, I, I don't want to spoil it for anybody who hasn't seen Lion King. I just like when shit he, goes down. I just like when he says, "It's enough." To make kings and vagabonds. <laughs> okay, out of all the Disney movies, this was the one that I was. I, it was a struggle between uh, The Little Mermaid and uh, Lion King. But then when I looked at Little Mermaid, it was just under the sea. Really? That's I would say it would be a struggle between The Lion King and Aladdin, because I thought the Aladdin soundtrack was the biggest kicker out of all of them. I mean, you got I mean, Robin Williams riffing yeah. in songs, like, come on. I mean, yeah, you no, cannot Robin, be Aladdin. Okay, Robin Williams is the superior, you know, actor, for sure. But I'm saying with all the songs combined, I'm talking about a whole soundtrack and score. That's why I'm going I, with Lion I mean, King. I mean, I agree with you. I, I think Lion King's top. I'm just saying, me personally, Aladdin's my top. And I, I would not, you know... And we're not talking not about argue. Aladdin 2, The Return of Jafar. We're talking about the first one. No one talks about The Return of Jafar, right? <laughs> I sometimes they never should have come back. Like they didn't even make it. They're like, what? Aladdin 2? You know what? Do do whoever made that. Feeling up I guess a fanfic about Jafar, man. It's going to be... <laughs> <laughs> just wait for the trilogy. <laughs> That's right. People are writing they're like the Star Wars people who write the scripts. They're writing Aladdin ones for Return of Jafar. They're like, oh man, this is this is Aladdin fan fiction. Bill, did you All mention? Right, Eric, did you mention In the Jungle though? Yeah, no, I did not. That's kind of a banger I mean, on that. But yeah. I mean, they're, they're all bangers on it. I mean, you can't go. Yeah, you're no, you're absolutely right. That was that was an omission. But there's so many good tracks on here Fair that enough. you know. I, I, I didn't want to take up the whole hour. But Eric, I, mean, I want you to top 1994's Lion King. I mean, I, I, mean, I, I don't think that I can, but I'm going to try. So, again, I said I'm going chronologically. This is 10 years after. He's going to go 2000's Lion King. That's how he's going to top it. <laughs> is that was like one of the Will Smith, kit, Will Smith kids? And okay, who is sawing right now? Yeah, there's yeah, some there's noise. Gambino. Someone is sawing. Okay, it's gone now. All okay. right, so this is 10 years after Saturday Night Fever. Okay, so I, I've got some pros about this soundtrack and I've got some cons about this soundtrack. Now, the pros are that it's a, it's a time period, so it takes you back. It's got a lot of like that kind of 1950s, 1960s, um, uh, you know, kind of classic soundtrack. Um, but then it's got a little bit mixed in from the eighties as well. Um, still fits in with the movie, but again, it's not really that pure in terms of being a timepiece. Um, now I'll say that, um, this is one that I feel like is, is fairly obvious and I feel like a little, um, typical by picking it, but I think it really is a great soundtrack. Again, I, I love the movie. The songs fit well with the movie because it's a movie about dancing. Um, and I think it fits so well with the movie, um, because it's about dirty dancing. And I'll tell you that nobody puts this soundtrack in the corner because it's got bangers like, um, be my baby by the Ronettes. It's even got 
And again, more of a modern take, but it's got Patrick Swayze himself with She's Like the Wind. Can you name a more beautiful fucking song than that? I don't think can you can. Can you name a more beautiful man than Patrick no. Swayze? I mean, come on. You talk <laughs> about the total package, like the human man, like Galileo, if you met Patrick Swayze, that would have been Patrick Swayze on that picture. Seriously? It's like, yeah. He comes in as Johnny Castle. Now, all right, he's got some flaws, right? First of all, he's trying to get with a very, very young girl. All right, we get yep. it. All right, maybe not his, his best moment, but he basically saves he he saves the whole dancing program at this place. Um, and he keeps a lot of the lonely housewives at bay by giving them extra special lessons after in their in their cabins. Um and what do they do to him? They accuse him of stealing when it was that old couple, the Schumachers, the whole time. And Fucking I just got to say that the movie would not have been the same if they did the Pachanga as the last dance. So I want to appreciate uh, Johnny Castle for really standing up and coming back and uh, taking it home with the sort of score of the movie. There's a little bit of foreshadowing in there, plays, plays some of the melody to it early on, but... Um, I've had the time of my life uh, by Bill Medley and Jennifer Warnes. Um, they really take it home with this track. Again, more of a modern song, but fits really well with the um, tone of the movie. And it's got that sax solo that just really kind of uh, takes you from uh, from here to infinity. Um, but yeah, just in general, it's one of those great... Um, it just does the trick with a lot of like, kind of doo-wop tracks. And it's got Otis Redding. It's got... Um, uh, I'm trying to think of the other tracks on there. Um, uh, it's got The Contours, Do You Love Me, great track for that dancing scene. Uh, Big Girls Don't Cry. Um, Love Man, I already said, for Otis Redding. Hungry Eyes by Eric Carmen. I mean, come on. Yeah, those are some bangers, dude. I mean, again, that's a little bit more of a of an 80s jam, but yeah nonetheless a great track and i know this happens later on but first of all why is every time patrick swayze walks by a jukebox these arms of mine by otis redding come on happens <laughs> 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 like every movie he's in he just walks by a jukebox road to house dirty dancing boom otis redding pops on i don't know he's got like that fonzie touch or something but part of i feel like otis it's just redding's like a nice terms. easter egg he's like i'll They're only like, allow you yeah. to use my stuff could be he's He's like, if it's I'm in your Patrick movie, it's got to have Otis Redding. Yeah, got to have the Swayze rub. Yeah, I it, mean, it could be in Patrick Swayze's contract, too. I mean, RIP to the man, but... Very true. Um, but yeah, honestly, I really love the movie. I grew up with two older sisters, so I kind of had to watch it, but um, it made me think that I was um, really cool because I wanted to learn how to dance. So right now, my both my early memory <laughs> movies are dancing movies. <laughs> is Footloose next on your list? Are you going to pick Footloose? Are you gonna Andy, say, I swear Andy? to God, don't give away my last choice. No, it's definitely not. <laughs> still bring it on from him. I, I mean, I will say this though: like any guy that says I don't like Patrick Swayze is a liar. Like you cannot his catalog of movies in and their soundtracks. Like let's face facts: I don't want to ruin anyone's list, but Ghost What's has this? an amazing soundtrack. I mean, you can't you can't go wrong with Patrick Swayze in a movie. You just what was you the soundtrack can't. for Roadhouse? I don't remember. I feel like it was. A Jared, lot of we're pop not prepared to talk about Roadhouse. All right, yes. you want to look it up? <laughs> you got Google right in front of you. Actually, no, you're probably lose your connection. Yeah, you know please that don't. Yeah. 
<laughs> we know that internet. No regrets. Wasn't Eastbound and Down that song? Wasn't that in there? Roadhouse probably. probably. Wasn't that Smokey and the Bandit? Probably. I don't really. Ooh, don't know. Wait, Wait, easy Riders. Which? We're just trying to mess with Andy, but. Yeah, anyway, I just want to say uh, just a last shout out to Dirty Dancing. Um, great soundtrack. I, I do also have that on vinyl, um, which should, should prove to you how much of a fan I am. Um, and, oh no. I'm just going to say right now, I hope it doesn't interfere with our stream right now on Zoom, but there is a stink bug on my camera right now. You better not get this under the head. On top, Maybe that so. was that scratching sound we heard before. No, it was not the scratching sound you heard before. It was Jared. Every time there's a noise, it's Jared or you. You're the noisy ones. Yeah. I'm so sorry that I was trying to prevent my dog and cat from fighting on the Zoom. Well, back-to-back jacks from Eric. Let's see if uh, Andy can... No, it's uh, it's Jared's turn. Oh, it's Jared's turn. I gotta go last, so... Andy's got another white tee on tonight. I want to appreciate how luminous that is. I almost put my, my Hawaiian shirt Attack. on that I've been wearing all day over it. It didn't. Oh, I've got towels in the dryer. We're almost done. Nope. Is uh, that your is that a movie? Is that a movie yeah. theme? You guys were is talking. that a movie towel? I, towel? I almost got towels in the dryer. They're almost done. Nope. Is the stink bug situation done. sorted out. Are you good? <laughs> the stink bug's falling asleep right now, Jared. Come on, it's your turn. Oh, I'm just going. Okay. I'm going uh Wind's World. Nice. Nice. Song slash, uh, it's got a couple random little snippets and Alice Cooper and a whole bunch of people throughout. Uh, Never even thought of that movie, Jared. Awesome pick. Great pick. Yeah. Right, so yeah. is it Wayne's World or Wayne's World 2 that has the Bohemian Rhapsody scene? That's Wayne's World. The Wayne's World. Yeah. The, uh, iconic. I think it like. Twofer was a. Uh, Woodstock. Didn't it give that song its second round of like number one status in the 90s? It absolutely did, yes. And Dana Carvey almost didn't even do that movie. Really? That would have been sad. The original script didn't really have Garth in it at all, he said in a Howard it Stern interview. Mike it was Myers. pretty much just Mike Myers. And so he, they said, you want to do it? And he said, nah, I'm good. And he said he just didn't really want to waste time on it. So then they were like, why? And he's like, well, I'm not really in it, so I don't need to do it. And then so they had to rewrite the whole script to put him in there. And Good. I thought that was crazy, too, because that movie would have flopped without him in there. I mean, it's oh, just yeah. it's the sure. two of them at their best. It would have been half as, not even half as entertaining. It would have been yeah. like the love guru, and it would have just flopped. Took the yeah. Don't mean More to steal your third pick, Wick, but the love guru is awful. All right, hold That's on. I'm not. I'm not scratching there. that off my list. I'm just <laughs> moving my arm back and forth for no reason. <laughs> Unrelated. <laughs> All right, Andy. Why don't you take us to uh to your next choice? All right. Well, I'm going to take us to a different time. Okay. I want you different to picture time than it. What? Sicily. Okay. <laughs> 1963. No, that's an amazing theme song. That's for another time, though. I'm talking about the good, the bad, and the ugly. You cannot get a better soundtrack than that for setting up your scenes. I mean, just the last scene alone, that 
that, you know, is throughout the whole movie and it sets up the scenes that it's in. I mean, it builds the tension. I mean, you have three gunslingers in a graveyard, a grave already opened. They dug it up and there's gold in there. Who's going to win this? And the soundtrack just goes that that song over and over again will always be in my head. And I always have fond memories of watching that movie with my dad and my grandfather. And I will forever love that soundtrack. I mean, it's it's just phenomenal. I don't remember. I remember there wasn't any songs or anything on it, right? It was just it's there was the, there uh, was no singing. Or, it was just okay. more instrumentals, but they were western style. It's yeah, not so, like, yeah. you know, Pirates of the Caribbean. They were western style and they were literally just used to help build the tension on the scene. So whenever there was music, it was just there to build the tension. I mean, at least that's what it felt like to me. Because it's like, you know, you had these crazy scenes going on and the music just added to them. You know, it just took it to a whole other level. Because there was tension. Like in that last scene, there's tension. You got three gunslingers. You don't know who's going to win. And then that music just builds on that tension. You know, and it's just, it's a classically good script. It's a Western. It shouldn't have been a great film, but it was because of Clint Eastwood, the writing and the music. Yes, I like what you're doing here too. Like with, uh, I, I don't know if this is your theme or, or, or not, but I, I like that they're more instrumentals and it's more the gravitas of the music is aiding to the actors to create the scene that just means so much to you that you think back from it all these years uh, past and be like, you can still feel everything about the movie. Yeah. And again, it's not like, it's not like songs that they plucked out that were already there and that just fit the scene really well. They wrote these to sort of fit the scene. I mean, not in all cases, but they're sort of like, you know, they wrote them to really make sense with the scene. So it, it takes on a very exactly. Different- and it, it brings on an emotional level to it. Cause you can, when you hear, you can just hear the song uh-huh. and you remember where it was, what the scene was, or when you think about the scene, boom, in your head is the music. Yeah. And that's, that's what I was kind of going with, except for my last pick. Cause it's Caitlin's pick. Cause she demanded she had one, but I already know what it's going to be. <laughs> Everyone I think does. I think I've got, I've got two guesses, but I won't get into them yet. Is one, of them one more question. So if they put Mutt by Blink-182 at that final uh, scene, <laughs> do you think it would have the same gravitas? Uh, you know, I think it would be close. I think if they grabbed some, you know, me first in the gimme gimmies, they could probably throw it in there. You know, I mean, they have a, a country western. I'm just going to say you got the, you got how many gunslingers was it? Three? Yeah. Three gunslingers. You got three gunslingers. Hear me out. Hungry eyes. Boom. Right there in that scene. Ooh, yeah. Right on. (laughs) (laughs) Or can you feel the love tonight? That would have taken a whole new turn. (laughs) It would have. It would have absolutely taken a whole new turn when they're, they're rigging up the bombing for it to blow up the bridge, you know? Absolutely. We're making movie magic, gentlemen. Well, speaking of feeling the love tonight, I guess um, we should probably uh, circle back for our last round, beginning with Bill, because 
I think we're really going to hear our true top choices here. Maybe not oh. everyone went in order. I, I certainly did. So I, I definitely <laughs> did too. I, um, it's, it's kind of funny, Eric, how you went, you know, like from the seventies to the eighties and I'm thinking beyond for that. I started in the nineties, late nineties. Then I went to the mid nineties. Now I'm going nine years back, but am I going back to the future? Oh, oh. I, <laughs> so one of the things that I love about this, so my first pick, you don't need I, money. Uh, yeah, and you don't need fame. I do not do need a credit card to ride this train though. <laughs> uh, so one of the things that I loved about a blink One Eighty Two being in the movie I was like, oh, this is so meta. Like, their song was just playing. They're here. Uh, so when the Pinheads go to play a version of um, uh, The Power of Love, um, although they don't actually sing any of the lyrics, uh, a very stylish Huey Lewis in the news say, it's just too darn loud. Oh, yeah. He plays like the, uh, what is he, a teacher or something that's like, they're holding the auditions for the talent show. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's so good. But there's so many good tracks on this. Uh, of, of course, The Power of Love, which might be the best theme song to any 80s movie. Um, uh, can I just say real time, quick? Is, uh, I, I dressed as Marty McFly for uh, two, um, two Halloweens ago. And I, I had the headphones around my neck. And I just piped Power of Love through them all day. So I heard the Power of Love like a hundred <laughs> times. That's incredible. <laughs> hey, that's dedication. And that also means you probably hate my pick. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a, it's a banger. Up. I mean, what, what other like soundtrack? It comes back around after a while. You just have to keep at it. The dude has to play for his life. He's disappearing until he can hit that F chord on blue or on uh earth angel earth angel yeah <laughs> oh my goodness wow okay Almost. see that's why we know the biggest musician in this group is eric because he <laughs> knows the chord that he, he knows a chord <laughs> it might be f sharp it's a definitely like f or f f f or f sharp minor something like that uh, i was like he's trying to play a song that was my expertise on that. Uh, also, I just wanted to bring this up. Um, Heaven is One Step Away by Eric Clapton. It's a That is a ska song. That's an Eric Clapton ska song. <laughs> I was listening to it uh, yesterday, and I'm like, this is incredible. I did not know. Uh, I'm, I'm wondering if he was wearing like two-tone, if he was like skanking around. When he, uh, um, which when album he, is that on? Because I might have to pick it up. Pick it up. Oh, well, it is on the Back to the Future soundtrack. And just one more thing. I know I'm going a little long on. No, here, no, though, please. Elvin uh, uh, Silvestri um, is the one who also wrote the score, which they call uh, the Back to the Future Overture, yeah. which is incredible. You hear in all three of uh, the films. It's um, kind of like triumphant and it just... Exactly, exactly. Which I always loved. Like it really, like you know, like in in certain parts when it, when it goes a little bit slower and it gets you know a little bit sadder. Like, is he going to be able to get home? Yep. 
And then, you know, like when he, when he does get home and he's got a nice new Toyota truck, it's like, <laughs> life is good. And it's, it's a happy overture. He also, um, he also, uh, created the well not created the music but uh curated the music for um uh forrest gump and he also uh put together the scores for uh roger rabbit so this guy uh alan did a good job i just i I really just wanted to throw that out there good job alan he did a big (laughs) yeah and uh i hope the pinheads are still together still rocking out can only hope. <laughs> hope for the worst. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um. All right. Uh, am I okay to go next, or we want to talk about? Sure, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I definitely want to hear what your uh, third pick. You got a all good right. little. You got back to back jacks with your first two picks. So. This is. I mean, this is going to take me a little bit. I'm going to be honest because this this goes really in depth and. Uh, I wanted to throw out a couple of fun facts about this um, as well to really kind of take it home. But so again, I went chronologically. So my last book is 1987. This goes to 1990. Um, so one of my favorite movies of all time, I watched it many a times as a child, which I shouldn't have. Um, it came on a double VHS. So you'd have to get up to watch the end of the movie and change, change out your VHS. Um, so what I love about this movie um, and the soundtrack to it is that it takes you over the course of about 20, like 20, 25 years um, of you get to see the main character kind of grow up. And so it takes you through these, the different times and it really carries the music in a way that um, really emphasizes what year you're in. And so I like the fact that they did that. And just in general, the songs themselves are so um, excellent fit so well with the movie and even like some of the seasonal um, choices they've got Christmas music on there takes you through all, through all the seasons because it's more of a biopic um, so starting out you've got this great scene where you don't really know what's going on you see these guys driving in a car and you start hearing some thuds in the trunk so the car pulls over and you see them start shooting and stabbing inside this trunk. Trunk closes, and then you kind of hear the famous line. Um, uh, I can't remember the line now, but basically, it's like something along the lines of, "Ever since I was a you know a, a kid, I always knew I wanted to be a gangster." So the movie Goodfellas, um, man, it it's just. It's amazing. So the, that first scene after he says, I always want to be a gangster, it goes to Rags to Riches by Tony Bennett to start the, start the, um, the movie out. And again, there's like so many tracks on here that just like, that fit so well with the movie. Um, you know, it's got some love songs, Sincerely by the Moon Glows, um, Life is But a Dream during the wedding scene. But I think some of the real standouts to me, so as it progresses through the movie, you know, during the Christmas scenes when they've just finished the uh, Lufthansa heist and um, they're telling everyone not to spend a lot of money, they have a Christmas party and um, they walk in wearing, you know, uh, this big fur coat and um, they're playing um, Darlene Loves, um, or maybe it's, um, 
Frosty the Snowman, actually, but from the Phil Spector Christmas album. So again, it kind of covers like all different styles of music in there, which is awesome. But the real kind of points that are like the songs in the parts of the movie that are the most memorable. So there's this really long tracking scene where they're, um, it's uh, Henry and um, Karen's first, well, not really first date, but their first date after they get in a big fight and they're going to the Copacabana and they've got this long tracking scene of you know, the big crowd waiting outside to get in and they go in through the kitchen and down the hallways and Henry's throwing out tips along the way. And then, you know, they bring a special table out and drop it right in front of the stage for him. But they're playing. um, And then he kissed me and it's just got this really great vibe to the whole scene. And you start to see like, um, you know, the perks of being a gangster and having that kind of pull and that weight. Um. And so I thought that scene was like really cool and such a great film scene, but I think the music fits really well with it because it builds a little bit like that Phil Spector kind of like um, wall of sound kind of like brings a little bit of that um, tension and like um, it it, in a really melodic way, I'll say. But the real standout, and this is how I'll close this out, the real standout and funny you mentioned it from your your choice, Bill, um, is uh, Derek and the Domino's Layla. So this song came out, um, I think in the early 70s, like 1971 or something. And the song ended up being kind of a a real bomb. It didn't do much for them. Um, Eric Clapton actually wrote it about um, Patty Harrison, who's George Harrison's wife that he was having an affair with at the time. Um, And the reason it was called Layla is that there's some, um, there's some, poetry piece or something that is about this um, man that's in love with a woman, but he can't have her because the parents object, but um, you know, they can't be together. So he goes insane. So they kind of, in the, the actual um, book is called uh, Layla and Majnun. And so he named the song Layla because it was sort of like about this unattainable love. Oh, anyway. Um- so, the song was kind of a flop. It had Dwayne Allman on it and he wrote this really great riff, um, very iconic and had these really beautiful parts in it, but the song just didn't do well. And so Clapton was like, what the fuck? But the session drummer on the um, album, Jim Gordon, um, he had this like solo thing he'd been working on, um, this really beautiful piano piece. And he brought it to um, the band, um, maybe just playing it. And um, Eric Clapton's like, that's really great. Like, I love that. And so they decided to try to add it on to the end of Layla. And it would make the song go from like, you know, a two to three minute song to a seven minute track. And so this really beautiful piano part. And the kind of crazy thing about it is that he wasn't a great piano player. He was a drummer. So it was very rhythmic. So I think they actually had two different people like kind of um, punch in to create this, you know, what, what you actually heard on the album. Um, But turns out that the guy was kind of nuts. Okay. So Jim Gordon, who writes this beautiful piano part, I don't think ever saw a dime from the track because in the mid seventies, he had this, you know, these really severe psychological problems and, he was hearing voices and um, he was saying that it was the voice of his mother. 
and he was um, diagnosed with acute paranoid schizophrenia and it sort of ruined his musical career. But in the early 80s, he ended up um, brutally murdering his own mother using a claw hammer. <laughs> Whoa! So he's convicted of second degree murder and he was sentenced to 16 years to life. And so he's been in jail, never saw a penny of uh, the proceeds from this track. But this track with his piano part, the song blew up. It became very, very popular. was a great song. The piano part is so beautiful. It's one of the best musically sort of like design things. And it doesn't really like work with a song that much. From but it like it's so great and the way they used it in the movie to sort of like create this um almost like an outro scene with um you know Ray Liotta sort of doing um narration over it and they're showing about all the um sort of loose lipped uh people that might that might end up um ratting out uh some of the other gangsters and it shows them all dead um in different scenes like in a meat locker and stuffed in a trash. Um, compactor things like that while playing this beautiful piano part the juxtaposition of that yeah and I just thought it fits so well um, and it, again it's like the long play version of it and I don't care about the the beginning of Layla but once it hits that piano part and it starts showing the dead bodies and stuff it's like such a brilliant way to incorporate music in a very yeah juxtaposed <sighs> kind of way and um, again, I want to just add those little fun facts about about the song itself, but um, yeah, that's awesome. I had no idea. It's kind of a crazy story, um, you know, just in general of like you know the affair with uh, Patty Harrison to the murder of the drummer's <laughs> mother and so on and so forth. Um, yeah. Anyway, I just thought um, that made it even more interesting. But if you watch the movie when that hits, like it's it's such a great scene. So that's what I got. Definitely. What a great pick. And what an amazing movie, too. I, I actually wrote, wrote down just to rewatch Goodfellas because of that. That's, you're right. The music makes that movie just so much more powerful. And yeah. that, I didn't, I, you know, I'm not a huge even though I'm a huge ska fan, um, haven't listened to much Eric Clapton. I mean, of course, I've heard Layla on <laughs> Pix 106, um, but I gotta re-listen to that song too now. I thank you for that. That's a, that's some that's some cool knowledge there. Yeah, the song like it does a weird break where it like kind of like disjoints a little bit, and then it like just all of a sudden goes boom, 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 boom. Then it kind of like builds up a little bit and then it's got these like I think they did like a Coke bottle like slide on some of the lead parts on the guitar, um, along with just the piano part, and it just has this like really great vibe to it. It's like again, it's such a beautiful piece of music. Um brilliant, brilliant writing on that, even though and I think Again, maybe it just um, goes to show that sometimes um, uh, like a very ill brain can put something like that out. Oh, it's a, it's a fine line. So anyone, anyone in the mental asylum, give him a piano. Let's just see what happens. Ooh, All right. Just throwing it out or a there. paintbrush. It could be Van Gogh. Paintbrush. 
exactly. Yeah, and they could, you know, kill the guards with the piano or the paintbrush. Okay, if I, you get you get points so if you kill somebody with a piano. <laughs> All right, you got to bolt That's it true. to the wall and then be like, okay, you can, you can use the piano. No blunt force trauma on this. And you uh, tune a piano. <laughs> You know, you're going to offer that, and you know there's going to be someone that's going to oppose it. It's going to be like, what? Piano's for six people? What? When does it end? Do we have to give a medication, too, and clothes? When does it end? If we get some bigger songs out of this, I'm that's good. True. Jared, I don't know if anyone on your soundtrack killed anybody, but um, we would like to go to your next choice. Uh, well, for my last choice, I'm going to go with Ghostbusters. Nice! Oh, damn. Individual song, and I mean, soundtrack is just 80s stuff. It's got some bangers on there. Does it, does it end with, um, uh, is the outro track when they're like, when they just, they just defeated Stay Puff? Is it, um, now that we found love, or is that from like Ghostbusters Two? Stay puffed is two. Oh, Stay puffed. Yeah, okay, never mind. My bad. Stay puffs one. Stay puffs one. Gozer the Gozerian. No, Gozer the Gozerian and Stay Puffer one, and then it's the picture guy. Yeah, like Vigo. Oh, the painter. Uh, yeah, Vigo. Uh, they, they, yeah, they need. Uh, the Statue of Liberty to break through the goo, right? Yeah, yeah, the slime. <laughs> it's got some sort of dancey outro, though. Is it? It does. Why it does have a dancey outro in the end of the first one. Yeah, when they they're down there and it's uh, you know, it's like they're in the New York City street and everyone's cheering them on. And it's got that really like kind of poppy end music where you're like, yeah, they there's just a won. synthesizer going somewhere. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the synthesizer is amazing. I can hear it in my head. I can hear the whole song in my head. And I'm just like, I cannot articulate what it is. I am blanking completely. I'm just I'm just seeing Stay Puff Marshall all a man walking down the street. (laughs) I'm happy. Yeah, he was happy too until they they freaking burned him with their their freaking Oh God, I'm blanking on what they're called too. Um, proton packs. Proton packs. Proton packs. Yeah, I remember he came up. He was all happy, and then they zapped him. He was like, <gasps> he was on fire, all angry. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? He's a marshmallow. Look, well, come on. I mean, be mad if you're on fire too. I know that's what I'm saying. I'm like, come on, guys. Absolutely. He's just What's a sailor coming home you? on shore leave. You know, he's just yeah. looking for some nookie. He's got air supply on the soundtrack. Ooh. I can wait oh. forever. You know, there was a lawsuit because of this movie as well. Really? Huey Lewis in the news sued Ray Parker Jr. saying that oh, he stole right. their sound. For uh, what's the song? I uh, want a new drug. Yeah. It, well, um, I forgot what the song was he sued over. But yeah, he said that because they asked 80s. Huey Lewis in the news to do the soundtrack. And he said no. And then they approached Ray Parker Jr. and they said, hey, can you do a song like Huey Lewis in the News? And he said, yeah, sure, why not? And then they sued. It's like, all right, guys, come on. Let's get over ourselves. You, you were asked to do it. You said no. And let's face it, Ray Parker, Parker Jr. knocked it out of the park and you're just mad because that could have been your song. But did they use the power of love? No, they didn't. That was their problem, okay? If they used the power of love, they would have been like, let's just let it go. 
Are we talking about the song got, or just the, the actual power of love? The actual power. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it certainly works with the movie. It's it's not only is a good advertising, but it, it's a good song. I mean, I the can't. movie from start to finish is just absolutely hilarious. Because he's like, are you the key master? And then he's like, no, she shut the door. Are you the key master? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, come on, Bill Murray. What are, you, what are we doing here? You think gatekeeper? I love how he drugs her, too. And he's like, listen, I drugged her, okay? <laughs> like, oh, no, this is all recorded. This is on a recorded line, Bill. Don't do it. <laughs> um, Andy, do you have a... Uh... Your last go here? Because I know it's I Caitlin's choice. Pick, but it is Caitlin's choice. All right, so get um, her on. He, all right, good. I said that she was going to have to get on. She said, no, they're not going to let me. But No, we want Caitlin on to explain her favorite choice. Because not gonna let her. first of all, we know Andy's join. the only one married out of the group. So we already know yeah. that that it, Andy's opinion is Caitlin's opinion and vice versa. Is this <laughs> the, hold on. Is this the first PCB girl? She's asleep, so she's not getting on. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Wake her up. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna force her to get up. Sleep. So I'll say it for Titanic. I know. Just no, I'm kidding. It's Joe Dirt. It's Joe Dirt, the movie Joe Dirt. Like, no, I'm kidding. It's Titanic. It's oh (laughs) well I had to what else is on Titanic besides the Celine Dion? That's the only thing I can think of is the Celine Dion one. I told her to stay awake for it. Passed out. I just shook her a little bit. So we joked around about that being um, someone's pick on here, but uh, I'm surprised that that's Caitlin's here. I honestly, when I said that, I thought I knew what she was going to pick. I thought she was going to pick Love Actually. Oh, that would have been. <laughs> you good. know what? If she actually had time to actually put a list together, uh, Titanic would be on there. Love Actually would be on there because she freaking loves that movie. It's one of her favorite Christmas movies of all time. Oh. And then, I mean, I mean, probably Joe Dirt. She does find that movie absolutely hilarious. Really? Okay, that something about that movie. Cool. No, you know she why she, she, you know why she married you? <laughs> Joe Dirt. She I, she always jokes about it and says, "Oh man, it's such a funny movie." And I mean, I've watched it, and I'm like, "Yeah, it does have funny parts in it." I'm like, you know, it didn't do terrible, um, but I'm like, I wouldn't put it it's on my top made. ten list of of funny movies of all time. Like, I'm not taking it to a desert island, but yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it's it's right behind uh, it's Pat the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that movie! I mean, I did it. Yeah, I enjoyed it as well. That was a- all right. So Andy, I heard. So I, I will say this, Andy. Yes, that song, uh, "My Heart Will Go On," was huge. Yeah, for Alanis Morissette. <laughs> 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 Sorry. Uh- I finished my whole cider. <laughs> <laughs> that song was huge for Celine Dion. Uh, can know, I make a confession? Yes. Yeah. I've never seen the movie. Don't. Okay. There's also a double VHS. So. Yeah. yeah. See, and Braveheart was a double VHS. And Braveheart. I got scared when you were talking about Casino, but then I, it was 1990. At first, I thought it was going to be Godfather Three. Excuse me. Don't know my fingers. And then I was like, wait a minute. Maybe he wants more Mama Man's points and he's going to go with Titanic. <laughs> and, but then Goodfellas, amazing answer. Yeah. I mean, 
I think that like the soundtrack is only really carried by Celine Dion. So, Caitlin, I don't, I don't love your choice. I don't love the choice either because it's really the movie's about an old woman who has a like billion dollar diamond and just basically throws it back into the water instead of ensuring that her family would be set for life by selling it. She just goes, yeah, you know, you know, my granddaughter and everyone else had to suffer and, you know, grew up poor. And here's this huge diamond whoop, in the water. Yeah, but Andy, she what also she threw everything that was important to her in her life into the water. Leonardo DiCaprio and then that freaking diamond. OK, I know there was room Terrible. for two on there. And he, definitely he's like, room hey, for man, two. hey, I got to get on here. And she's like, There's not enough room like you fucking. Bitch. She's like, actually, my feet are kind of cold. No. <laughs> yeah, you just killed Leo. All right, yeah. so the, uh, the what I thought honestly, what Caitlin was going to pick, and Bill mentioned it before, so I was like, "Damn it, he's going to ruin it for everybody." But I thought she was going to pick the Forrest Gump soundtrack. Nobody picked that. Yeah, it's an amazing soundtrack. It's got CCR. It's it it does. Again, that one I goes the, through the course of like thirty years. Absolutely. It, for my honestly, lot. third pick would have been Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. That's what I was thinking you were going to pick. And I was like, that wow, was going to be my third pick was actually going to be the fellowship of the ring. Cause like, once again, I mean, those instrumental sound, like, you know, songs, they bring you into where you are. I mean, they change the whole mood of the scene. And that was also, I'm glad you said that because I was really, I, once again, I, I, I didn't want to, set a bad precedent of picking a movie that I've already picked before. And I know all, all I ever do is gush about this movie, but the soundtrack to Godfather just creates such a, like when he's in Sicily and there's the, the, the music there or when they're back in New York and, and, and there, or uh, when Luca Brazzi is going um, to meet, um, and there's that ominous music because you know oh, yeah. dude's going to be sleeping with the fishes pretty soon um, with the Tatalia family excuse me uh, and like yeah I, I'm glad that you mentioned Lord of the Rings before uh, I got to start spouting about Godfather so. well no because I mean as much as like in the, the, I will agree with Wick like Forrest Gump amazing soundtrack part of the problem is too though is like there's just so many movies that put an impression on you. And sometimes if you haven't watched it in a while, you forget how great the movie and the soundtrack is. Cause like Forrest Gump, I didn't think about it. You just mentioned it wick. And I thought to myself, I can hear the songs. You know what I mean? I can see them in the helicopter. I can, I can see them flying over and I can hear that song in my head. Now that's playing during that, that unfortunate song. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's like you can just hear it and you remember it. It's because Forrest Gump is a quality film. I mean, there's plenty of movies out there like 10 Things I Hate About You has a great soundtrack like of pop punk albums. You know, it's got pop punk songs on it that just made this teenage movie even better. You know, there's just a lot of shit out there. I shouldn't say shit. There's just a lot of great quality movies out there that are raised up by their soundtrack. And if you replace even just a little bit of it, it's like, like, you know, this is why directors spend like months figuring out what they want, where they want it, because it really does make a difference. 
Well, the other um the other pop punk band I wanted to mention before that I thought got a kind of a a jump start from being on a popular kind of similar to American Pie movie is Sugar Cult with a uh, bouncing off the walls <laughs> yeah. on the Van Wilder I was soundtrack. Say Van Wilder, right? Yeah. 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 That's a good answer. Yeah, that's a good one. And American Pie 2 also had um didn't it have um Anthem Part 2? Yes, um, it did. As one of the opening tracks on there. Yeah, you're right. So they they kind of uh, kept with that uh, Blink-182 theme through a couple of the movies. Uh, but the other one um, I was thinking too is um, I think this one actually came out a little bit later but featured an earlier Blink-182 song was um, the movie Can't Hardly Wait. Yes, also that's, had a great okay, yeah. that's what I was trying to think yeah, of. That was, when, a good one too. Uh, that was Actually, that was a year beforehand. That was in 1998. Really. Yeah. 98. Yeah. Um, Thank you for saying that because I totally blanked on that when I was trying to think of damn it and the and, yeah, the uh, scene where the cops come and then exactly, damn it. It's exactly. So it's good. so iconic and uh, it was just so fun too with like all this stuff that was going on and <laughs> just that happy little opening line from uh, damn it and uh, just oh, man it, re- it really made the it made that that fun, like, you know, high school, you know, teen comedy. Yeah, and really it, it, has, just, it had some interesting ones, like the Man- Mandy, because the whole scene is like, again, the whole movie is based on, um, you know, the, um, what's the dude's um, <coughs> Ethan Embry's character, believing in fate and Barry Manilow having that song Mandy, and he was going for the girl Amanda. Yeah, Amanda. Um, <laughs> in the movie, and then uh, it's got that one um, track by uh, Matthew Sweet, uh, "Farther Down," that keeps playing like every time he's like sad, thinking about her. Um, I, I don't. It it only plays like the instrumental part of the song, but it's like it really fits well with like a sad kind of scene in the movie. Uh, but then there's that great scene where um, the kind of nerdy kid. Um, he remembers uh, Paradise City um, by Guns N' Roses and he gets up yes. and he does it. He does a karaoke version of it um, because the band Love Burger can't get on stage because they're fighting over the fact that the drummer um, is uh, wearing a Love Burger t-shirt. <laughs> they think it's lame so they don't want to play. So they bring them the boom box and they play Paradise City and everyone like thinks uh, it's William, I think, thinks he's so cool because he's singing along to Paradise City over the boom box and the microphone and Hey, everyone was acting like he was cool too. They were all loving it. No, yeah, as I'm saying, it's like everyone like fell in love with him. They're like, he's so cool because he's up there, like you know, singing the song or whatever. Weren't um, they mad about the the lead singer's outfit as well? Because he had like the yeah. frilly pirate shirt on too. And he's they were like, like he was like a little prince like or something. Yeah. yeah. Kind of a funny scene. Uh, what was the dude's? What's the dude's name? He plays. Um, he's in Scrubs. He plays the drummer. Um. Oh shit. The best friend Turk. of Zach, uh, yeah, Zach Brown. I don't remember. He he plays Turk. Uh, yeah, Turkle Sin and Scrubs. He's a turn Donald Faison. Yeah, Donald. Yeah, 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 Donald Faison. He, plays he did drummer. a lot of great movies too, though. He was in that. Uh, shoot, the one with He's the in Clueless, right? Clueless. Yes, that's yeah. such a good movie. The soundtrack to Clueless not so great though. I disagree. I, it's, it's so okay, but it's not, it's not great. Aerosmith, what, what was on the soundtrack to uh, There was, was Jill, it even? Wait, Jill Sabool, uh, I Want to Be a Supermodel. Yep. But 
That I mean, it's not an amazing thing, soundtrack. I mean, it's, it's not as great as American Pie or 10 Things I Hate About You. I mean, I, even it was still a wait. good soundtrack. But it, I mean, it's an okay soundtrack. It doesn't elevate the movie to these heights to make it an amazing movie. Uh, I, I don't just, know. Looking I, at it, it's pretty I, good. I feel like they could have done better. That's all I'm saying. Eric, Eric can, can, can you Crow's, refresh my memory? It's got uh, Counting Crows, uh, The Ghost in You, which is the cover of the Psychedelic Fur song. Um, Fake Plastic Trees by Radiohead. Um, I'm trying to find. Uh, Mullethead by it's the Beastie Boys. It's an encyclopedia for music. Mighty Mighty Boston's. Um, that's what it was. Because Rolling with the Homies, that whole scene. Um, I thought I had just a girl on there too, but I don't see it on the... It might have been in the movie, but not on the soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, Kids in America. Like that, like Better Off Dead. I was looking for Ben Halen, so I knew it was in there. But Got Shoop by uh, Salt and Pepper. Nice. J- Jared, that's awesome. Yeah, Better Off Dead's just a great right, freaking movie. I haven't seen that in a decade. Oh, yeah. Easy. I mean, there's. we could probably do a whole one about John Hughes movies, but... Yeah. We should do one about John Hughes movies. <laughs> we should. <laughs> our, we, get, we each get to pick one of our favorite John Hughes movies. I, we, I can I, pick... I, out of the four of us, there's at least 12 awesome John Hughes movies. I think we could do uh, three picks each. I know what my pick but, would be. <laughs> I mean, it would be hard, though, because we'd have a lot of overlap. Maybe two each, and then we could have two like backups and maybe get away with it. I don't know though. Absolutely. I know anything John Hughes touched yeah, five turned to gold. Yeah, absolutely. But uh, man, there's so many movies I want to go rewatch now because of this uh topic. Uh, yeah, me Start too. with good fellas. Well let's um yeah let's uh well I think Again, looking back at some of our episodes, I think that we, um, I had a good time when we did the movie one. So I think the soundtracks tonight was a good way to incorporate our love for music and movies together. Um, we'll probably do it. Yeah, definitely pop punk. We'll probably end up doing some sort of nostalgia for next week. Um, you know, I think, um, I had a lot of fun also with, um, us talking about our snacks. So, um, you know, I recently was at a, um, store in manchester connecticut um called um retro junk and um this dude who's like probably the same age as me um has been a collector like his whole life and um you know just collected tons of toys and memorabilia from you know the late 80s early 90s kind of kind of thing and kind of very purist but i went to the shop and um I was like, oh, like there's tons of cool video games. There's NES, Super NES, Sega. So I'm like, all right, a lot of cool throwbacks. But he had a bunch of bins full of Ninja Turtles figures. And I was like, can I look through those? And he's like, pulled them out for me. And I got to go through like five bins worth of Ninja Turtles figures. And it was like, I was like, (laughs) it like kind of stopped me in my tracks because it was like such a good memory to like remember like all the different turtles characters i had and how many different like you know versions and iterations they did every year like they had like all sports edition ones and surfers and like all this other random shit and so like there's so many different versions of the turtles and it was so cool to like go back and look through those so it brought me back like a very um uh like 
I was very nostalgic for toys and some of that stuff. So I feel like we could probably do something along those lines for our next episode. Um, we can talk about it, but I feel like I want to do some nostalgia piece either for our next episode or um, potentially in the next few. Absolutely. Well, why don't we wrap yeah. up this uh, podcast while we have uh, got the chance. And um, I, I think we had a really good selection. I thought we all went a very different way in one way or another. And, um, it was good. Purple rain. Purple rain, exactly. No one, no one picked that. I'm surprised. I had not a fan, I'm not a fan State. of the movie. Oh, Garden State. Andrea said. Royal Andrea said Garden State. That was the first one she thought of was Garden State. Garden State is a good one, but I mean, I went back and I watched that a couple months ago, and I didn't like it as much as I remember loving it when I was younger. I still liked it, but okay. I feel like I. Must Put it up on such a high pedestal when I was ready to watch it. I was like, yeah. eh. I was like, you know, I'm like, I like this. I'm like, but I don't remember being it as. And I mean, I feel like that once again is sometime like we found with the snacks. Like you have them up on such a high pedestal from your memory that it cannot live up to that expectation. How do they go from a ten to it a one? Like, I don't know. It sounds like a you thing, not a. Yeah, I'm I think the movie, I think the movie holds up. What I'll say is that uh, it's kind of one of those. You know, there's certain movies that like when you think of a specific thing, like always take you back to a movie or something. Every time I load or unload my dishwasher, I think about the shitty latch. <laughs> I think I'm going to trip over and break my neck. <laughs> it's just every time. It doesn't matter. Like every time I think of the movie Garden State when I'm unloading or loading a dishwasher because I think that I'm going to sure. trip over it and break my neck because of a shitty latch. 100%. So, anyway, that's that's what's great about that movie. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to sign off here. I'll stop the uh, recording and um, we'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Hopefully, um, DD, our newest listener, will appreciate this episode and any going forward. So uh, we'll catch y'all later. Yes. Catch you later. Hi, DD. You'll have a new favorite for next week. Hey.